Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. good to be here this morning with you. Go ahead and shake your neighbor. Shake your neighbor. Shake your neighbor. Here's what I want you to do this morning. This morning we're in a new series called Have My Seat. Have My Seat. So this is what I'm going to challenge you to do right now. I want you to just go ahead and grab your stuff. Grab your stuff. And on the count of three, I want you to give up your seat for somebody in this theater. Now, here's the thing. You could switch, maybe just do a couple switch real quick. Maybe a couple switch. Maybe, maybe you have preferred the left side of the theater all your life. Maybe you've come in on dates, and, and when you come in on dates, you want the left side. Well, I want, I want to challenge you right now. I want you to shake it up. So on the count of three, we're going to stand up, and we're going to switch chairs. Switch chairs on the count of three, and you can go anywhere. One, two, three, switch chairs, go. Yeah, I see some of you. I see some of you moving all the way to the front, all the way to the back. You're moving all around. I can't be comfortable. No, I must switch chairs. I must give up my seat. Somebody else can have my seat this morning. This is not my seat. Somebody else can have it. If you're a guest with us this morning, you're like, man, I just got comfortable. Why are you doing this to me? Well, we love you. We're glad you're here. How cool is that? Go ahead and meet your new neighbor. Go ahead and meet your new neighbor. Give them a high five. Say hi to them. It's awesome. Awesome seeing them here this morning. Good morning, neighbor. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, y'all, we're in church. We're in church. And if you can't have fun in church, then you're definitely not going to have fun in the world as a Christian. I tell you that much. We better have fun in this place. Or, or it's just why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Fun is a core value of mine. If you didn't know this, fun is a core value. It will always be a core value of Luminous Church. And I'll do anything to let you have good time and have fun. Because I just love when people enjoy themselves. Don't you? Don't you love when just people have a good time and enjoy themselves? Now, for some of you who are guests this morning, you, you got comfortable. You were in your zone and you may never come back. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I hope that you find a church that does not do that to you. Hey, man, uh, we, we are in this series called Have My Seat. This will be actually the last sermon that I preach in the series. And then, as Kyle said, my friend Gabe will come for I Am Second. He has an I Am Second video. Um, he's amazing. He's going to bring the word next week. I guarantee you this place will be filled up. So come early. Grab a chair. You want to make sure that you will be here to hear him deliver the word. He has such an anointing in his life. I'm excited to have him here next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Man, if you are if you are visiting with us this morning, we are glad you are here. I have to just, I mean, now I feel like I have to win you back, you know. I just, I threw you under the bus. Now I'm winning you back. I'm resuscitating you and just praying, praying that you stay with us. Hey, man, we're, we're so excited you're here. I was, I've been doing CrossFit. I've been doing CrossFit, I drank the Kool-Aid, my staff gave me a bunch of Kool-Aid, it was purple, and I drank that, started doing CrossFit, and 
I've been dying. And I was talking to my CrossFit coach and and uh, you know, he's newly engaged and he was talking about all he all he wants to do in life is make his fiance happy. All he wants to do in life is make his fiance happy. We all say, Oh, oh, that's sweet, that's sweet. I go, man, if you do that, you're gonna be miserable. You're going to be miserable. I just got done doing this awesome wedding, talked about how weddings are amazing, how they're awesome. But you know what? If you live for other people's happiness, if you live for your own happiness, at the end of the day, you will end up miserable. You'll end up miserable. I can attest to it. You see, I married an amazing, amazing woman. And the first year of my life, she is way better than me. And when you marry somebody way better than you, all you want to do is make them happy. And so that was my agenda. That was my whole goal is to make her completely happy. And in the process, I was miserable. Because what happens is whatever you live to make happy ends up being God and ruler of your life. Whatever you try to make happy and you serve fully and you completely devote all your attention to, it will quickly become the God of your life. And you may be looking at me, wow, Ben, you've been saying some controversial things over the last three weeks. But it's just so true. When I had this perspective that I live to make God happy, I live to make him happy and I please him, then everything in my life will line up. And out of the overflow of making God happy and making him Lord, other people around me will find happiness. They'll find joy. They'll find these things. But we're, 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 we're taught to in this culture that it's all about me and my happiness. And that's the whole point of this series. The whole point of this series is that you would give up your seat, that you would quit ruling your life, and you would give it up to God. And you would say, I am second to him, and that he is first. And as you put God first in everything, everything will line up. As I spend time with Jesus, I love my wife better than if I were to just say, man, my, my whole goal is to make her happy and love her well. I fall short, I run out. I have to spend time with Jesus. I must get in his presence. I must let him sit on the throne. And as I do that, he becomes the only God I serve. And out of that, people are loved so well around me. I really love people. As I was worshiping this morning, I was just thinking about just all the people that have come into this place this morning. We, we've honestly said since day one, we want you to belong here, that you would feel like family, even before you believe. That if you don't believe in Jesus or believe in church or believe in what we're doing, just come, sit here long enough, belong. And I believe that you will, you will be transformed by Jesus. When I was 20 years old, it was all my heart's desire was to please God. It's all I wanted to do. I, I, I ended up walking with seven guys who I love dearly, but they were chose one path, started doing their own thing, started pursuing pleasure and whatever made them happy, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it was. And I said, man, I want to serve the Lord. I worked for a full-time internet company, had a great time, great job, great checks. All that was coming in, and I said, you know what I want to do? 
I want to quit this and I want to go become the janitor of Mid-Cities Community Church. I became a part-time janitor cleaning toilets, vacuuming the carpet, all to be around Jesus in his presence. Because I loved youth kids so much, I wanted to hang out with them and make myself available for them. At 20 years old, I did this. And at 20 years old, I, I drove a, uh, what I thought to be a cool SUV. Later, I found out it wasn't that cool. And so, anyway, this semi-cool SUV, this Bronco 2, I ended up selling it for $500. And with that $500, I bought a Toyota Tercel 1992. Now, why would I downgrade? Because you see, I live in West Texas, and it is super hot. But this Tercel had ice-cold AC. Ice-cold AC. It was awesome, man. I love this thing. And I was on a mission. I was on a mission as a college student, as a janitor, as a youth leader. I was on a mission to love as many people as possible. And the only way I knew to love people was to get ice-cold AC in my car. So I drove this 1992 Tercel around. I started hanging out with kids. We took them everywhere. And I, I said, God, I want you to use this car for your glory. Have you ever gotten something for God and gotten something and just given it back to him? Okay, God, just use it. Just use it. However you can use it, I want you to use it. And so once a month on average, I picked up a stranger. I would just pick up some dude. Now, my parents are in here, and they'd probably get mad at me if they knew that. They're like, man, they could have a gun, a knife, a needle, something. Don't pick them up. But it's all, it was my mission. It was my mission. Man, I was so excited. When I passed somebody walking who needed a ride, I would beg them to get in my car. I, I, I would pull up, and I'd say, hey, man, get in my car. Get in my car. I'll give you a ride. I don't got no candy. Just get in my car. I'll give you a ride. It'd be awesome. And man, there were times when they'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I was like, I got ice cold AC in here. Ice cold AC, come on, get in. Man, we took, I took dozens of people on rides wherever they needed. Got to share the gospel with them, got to hear their story. And it taught me this principle to be hospitable, to be hospitable. In Romans 12, 9, it says this, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Verse 12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Seek to show hospitality. Church, if we're going to be a church that loves well, that absolutely lives the gospel, we must seek to show hospitality. Hospitality, the Greek word, just means a lover of strangers. Oftentimes confused with the hospitality industry, right? You know, San Antonio's third largest industry is the hospitality industry. San Antonio does hospitality well, they do hospitality well. They love people. Tourism's all over here. Over 40 million tourists a year come to San Antonio. That, that'll blow your mind. That's crazy amount of number. I'm not, I'm not referring to the hotel industry. I'm not referring to the tourism industry, which I believe is so great. But I believe that God wants us to love and serve the stranger. 
that we would create space to welcome people into our environment. Create space, that we'd be a creator of space. You see, when, when we open the doors of Luminous Church at 9.30 a.m., we're creating space for all of you to come in to love you well. That's why we get great coffee, great pastries, great Rice Krispie treats. I saw that. Benson appreciates that. All the gluten-free people do. I want us to seek hospitality as a church. It's, it's what we want to do. And no better example than this than in 2 Kings verse chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me this morning. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. One day Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. So that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. He can go in there. I love the Shunammite woman. She is amazing. Can you believe this? That there was a man coming by and she would host him and invite him in and say, hey, come and eat. Now, oftentimes we, we think that Middle Eastern culture, this is just what they did. They would open up their doors and they would invite anybody in and they would allow them to come in and they would host them well. And we're in a different culture and we have garages in the back of our house so no one sees when we come and go and, and we do all these things, right? And so it's a little bit different. But I tell you what, that in this culture, although they were hospitable people, Although certain cultures may have, may, may have more hospitality, there was still hostility. And there was still, there was still shunning certain strangers and certain people. And yet we find a woman, a woman who's opening her door often to let a man of God come eat. She was making a room in her house for not only the man of God, but oftentimes in the Old Testament, a man of God would represent the presence of God. It would represent the presence of God uh, for the people. And this is what she did. She gave her husband a honeydew list. Any ladies out there give your husband a honeydew list? She gave him a honeydew list and said, hey, we need to build a room. And we want walls and a roof. And not just walls and roof, she decorated it for him. Right? Because that's what women do. They decorate the space. They go all out. They make sure that it's done well. How many ladies, when you invite people over, make sure the house is clean? How many men love when you invite people over? No, we don't like it. We don't like it. In fact, in fact, men are not as hospitable because it means that we have to clean everything and there can't be any dust and no laundry left out. And, and we lead a community group on Tuesday nights and every Tuesday night I get home early from work so that I can help my wife clean the house because we're welcoming guests into our house and if we're going to be a hospitable people it doesn't mean to be a perfect people it doesn't mean to be a rich people it doesn't mean all those things it means get ready to welcome people into your space into your space are we making room in our surroundings 
Are we making room with our belongings? Are we making room for God's presence? 1 Peter 4, 9, be hospitable to one another without complaints. Be hospitable to one another without complaints. It's a command. Peter gives us command to love people, to be hospitable to them. How many of you invite people over and you complain them the whole time, and when you ring the doorbell, you put the smile on your face? Hello! So glad you're here! Welcome! Yeah, I know, I know. We all do it, right? But do it without complaints. Most often times when we're sitting there watching TV and watching football and, and they come in with their kids and we got to change it to cartoons or whatever, right? And when they leave, inwardly we're thinking, don't let the door hit you on the way out. But what if we were a people? And I believe that we can be. I believe that we'll aspire to be, to be a people who love people well and don't do it without complaints. The thing about hospitality, it's a gift. It's a gift. And, and oftentimes with a gift, we say, well, I just don't have that gift, right? Because, because we all do that when we don't want to work or want to do anything, right? Administration, I don't have that gift, right? Leadership, I, I don't have that gift, Healing, I don't have that gift. Tongues, I don't have that gift. And, and because we say we have not, then we never want it, is what we're really saying. We, we don't really want this gift. There may be times in your life like I was when I was 20 years old and I was rolling around in my car, being as hospitable to every stranger as possible, making space for them in my car. That means like cleaning my seat out and making sure it was vacuumed and, and welcoming them in. At 20 years old, I was doing this, but, but you know, at 33 years old, I don't do that as often. You see, with every gift, most oftentimes, if you don't use it, you lose it. Or let me say it like this. If you don't loose it, you lose it. If you don't do that, most times it, it just leaves you. You see, I used to be a hospitable person. I used to know how to talk to people and share the gospel and was looking for every opportunity. But when that gift goes dormant, it's hard for it to rise back up, isn't it? I forget how to host people. I forget What's polite, I forgot that I need to actually clean my dishes and I forgot to do these things. I forgot that we forgot to put the scentsy on because no one really smells it anymore. And so we need it to smell good and we, we just forget all those things. I really believe that. And that's true of any gift that God gives by his Holy Spirit. If you don't use it, you lose it. When I'm not, I'm not saying you lose it. I'm saying it goes dormant. You forget how to operate in that again. And you have to relearn it and believe for it and have faith for it. You see, the more that you step out in faith, the easier it is. If I'm to pray for somebody on the campus, if I'm to pray for somebody in the workplace, if I'm to pray for somebody in the grocery store, the more that I do that, the easier it becomes. The more you host, the more you're hospitable, the easier it is. You know what? When we do community group, we, we after a season of break, after a break, we're just like, oh, 
community group. I don't want to clean the house. I don't want to get it ready. I don't want to invite people over. But then you get two months into it, it's like, oh man, I can't wait for community group. Can't wait till people are over. Can't wait to have fun. It's going to be awesome. It's the same with church. If you don't go to church in a long time, you don't make it a regular habit and pattern in your life, you'll wake up Sunday morning and Panera breakfast just smells so much better than church. We practice, we make a habit, and we put it in our life. Hospitality precedes God's blessings oftentimes. In Hebrews 13, 2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Now, I don't know if we really entertain angels, but what I do know is every time that you're hospitable, there is a blessing that comes with being hospitable. There is a divine blessing, and maybe it's angels or, or maybe it's God's favor. One of the blessings for us has, as hosting and, and inviting people over, Benson, our little two-year-old, now has more friends than any two-year-old in the world. And they're cool. I mean, he has friends who played football for SMU. He has friends who can sing. He has friends who can play drums. Mom and dad can't play football. Mom and dad can't play drums. And mom and dad don't sing very well. But because we were hospitable, we brought people in, and the blessing will overflow to our son so that he'll experience things that we didn't get to experience. And we're going to see him be, he's going to grow up in an environment where he'll want more. He'll want more and he'll see more and he'll see more opportunities and God will bless him abundantly because we hosted. There are people who come into our house who have wisdom that we do not have that can impart into our son. There are people who come in our house who discipline better than us because we're not that good. Discipline better than us and he'll, he'll learn a structure of discipline and character See, blessing overflows when, when you open up your home, when you create space, when you open up your car, you open up your dorm room, you open up your belongings, you open up your heart, blessing will come. In fact, it came to the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. One day he came there, Elisha, and he turned into the chamber and rested there, verse 12. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. Verse 14, and he said, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. Verse 15, he called, he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, oh man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time, the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. This woman didn't know what God would do by opening her home. In fact, she didn't do it to get something. And that's an important thing about us and our faith. We don't do to get. 
We don't give to receive. But God is a promise keeper. And there's principles that stand the test of time. And when you do give, you do receive. And when you do do, you do get. It's amazing. God is so amazing about that. But he flips it. So here she is opening up her home, building a house, building a room, inviting this man of God in, not just a room, but a bed and a table to eat at and a chair and make sure he's taken care of so well. And God opens up her womb and gives her life. Isn't that really happens? Isn't that the blessing that really happens? The blessing when you are hospitable is that you get life. You get life, and, and maybe physically, maybe, maybe wombs do open. I believe that God opens wombs. I believe that. But I believe that you get life. You get so much life, and God does amazing things through it. And you don't just have to be rich. You can be poor. You don't have to have a lot to be hospitable. You can have very little. Do you remember the woman as Jesus was getting ready? to die and give up his life for you and me freely. She begins to anoint him and she, she cracks open an alabaster jar. It was all this money. It was all this money all over Jesus' feet and she just anointed him. She said, I'm gonna serve my Lord. I'm gonna be hospitable. I'm gonna take care of him. And as she does that, the disciples get angry. But this woman who didn't have a lot but she had that. She gave it. And what does Jesus say? The blessing is this. Wherever the gospel is proclaimed, your name will be mentioned. Wherever the gospel is proclaimed, what you have done will be mentioned because you gave all that you had for Jesus. She knew what it was. You see, in her heart, the one on the seat was Jesus. And it's always been Jesus. As the worship team comes and helps me close out this morning. Hospitality, it not only, it not only should we seek it, not only is there a blessing when we do it, but hospitality brings comfort. It brings comfort. You see, Jesus modeled hospitality more than anyone could have ever modeled hospitality. In John chapter 14, verse 1, as he was talking to his disciples about leaving, as he was talking to his disciples about how his days were limited on earth, his disciples, as any human would, starts to get sad. And they start to mourn already, even before the morning was, was due. And in John 14, 1, he said, not, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may also be. His nature was to make room for us. His nature and all that Jesus did was to make space for the outsider, for the stranger, for the alien. That 
was his mission. That's why he came to make a space for us. Because he loves you and me so much, he gave his life freely. And he died a death that you and I deserve to die. And three days later, he rose again. And 40 days later, he ascended to heaven to create a space for you and for me. God's been working for 2,000 years to create a room for us to be the most hospitable of them all. And I believe that one day we're gonna see that place and it's gonna be beautiful. And that place, his presence will reside and blessing will flow. Would you stand with me this morning? Over this last three weeks, humility, honor, hospitality. Those are not fun words. They're not words that we enjoy, not words that we just eat up and words that we want to do. In fact, our seat's pretty comfortable. Isn't it? Our seat's pretty comfortable. My seat, I got a lazy boy. I got two, two rests for two drinks. I got the remote. It leans back and it has a vibrator. It, it has a massager. It's awesome. My seat's awesome. It's comfortable. But I believe that God's called us to be a people. To get out of our seat and let Jesus sit there. And as we do, we're going to find so much joy, so much happiness. And God is going to be served. Let's pray and then worship God. Father, we love you. We praise you this morning. God, I pray that you would make Luminous Church a people who would be hospitable in all things, Father. And not just hospitable to our friends, for anybody could be hospitable to a friend, but hospitable to strangers, to outsiders. Father, let us be a people who are hospitable in all things. And it's because you model it. We love you this morning. Let us reflect on you and where you sit in Jesus' name.